This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. As always, brought to you exclusively by the good folks at Bet Rivers. For all of your wagering needs, whether it's this summer or heading towards the next football season, which is now right around the corner, uh, go to the uh, ever-improving Bet Rivers app. It's better and bigger all the time. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in uh, Connecticut. A time of year where it's baseball and everything else, a few things here and there, a golf tournament, maybe a major like the British Open, which is a couple of weeks away. Uh, but it's baseball and then just gearing up for college football, which will begin before you know it. Last week in August, college football jumps at you and, and no sport. No sport has gained in popularity in terms of television ratings or in growth like the uh, college football has. Other than the NFL, which is on its own planet, uh, college football is the, sh- is the sport that has, without question, shown the most growth and popularity in this country, especially from a TV standpoint. They make big TV money, and their uh, satellite products, like the Big Ten Network, made a fortune. I mean, so they have really revolutionized things through what they've made uh, from a standpoint of television money. And they are a very hot property right now, especially the SEC, uh, goes without saying. So uh, that's right around the corner, and so is the NFL in what should be a very interesting year in New York uh, with a improved Giant team, which could definitely be improved, but not even show it in the record because, first of all, they won a bunch of games in the second half with Mirrors last year, with Mirrors, when they were down 10, 17 points and came back and won the games. Secondly, they play a much tougher schedule this year. So uh, it's, it could be a year where they take a step back in the uh, record but continue to build a winning team. And I'll tell you, I don't think there's any question they hit a home run with the coach and at least a double with the general manager and maybe more. But they definitely hit a home run with the coach uh, and getting this defensive coordinator who is a big, big part of the process. Um, the Jets, hey – I'm a big believer in what Aaron Rodgers is going to bring to this team. I don't think he's the least bit done, and I think uh, he is going to have an extraordinary year. Now, the Jets have to fill some holes, a couple of key ones, and and they're on the line, which is critical. And they have to prove that the coaching's up to the quarterbacking. The quarterbacking just took a, as big a quantum leap as any team has ever taken now, remember that, what I'm saying here. They just took a big, as big a leap at the quarterback position as any team ever has in NFL history. The question is, can they coach on that level? They haven't proven they can. Communication, 
game decisions, sideline communications, uh, game planning, all that stuff. Is it going to be up to the level that the quarterback play is going to be up to? That some of the play on defense is going to be up to? That remains to be seen. It really is. The things that concern me here are a couple of holes on the offensive defensive lines and the coaching. Have no other questions with this team. And I think the quarterback's going to have a huge year. I think he's going to be in the running for the MVP. That's what I believe. All right, so baseball and, hey, I hate when, you, when everybody's piling on. So to get in here today and just attack the Mets again, it almost feels like you're, you're kicking a, you know, a wounded animal now. I mean, hey, they have hit such a level where they can't even get out of their own way. And when they're about to win a series from the Phillies that they needed, now they're about to win that series despite the fact they only got four innings out of Carrasco. They're about to win that series despite the fact they turned the middle innings of that game over to people they don't know are going to do the job or not because they're bullpen things. And now they feel that they can't. And this is where Buck indicted himself a little bit yesterday. You knew Adovino's not throwing, okay? Rarely through Friday and Saturday he's not throwing yesterday. You know that Adovino, you don't want to use him two days in a row because he's not good if you use him two days in a row. He's terrible on the back end of the two days. And he threw 28 pitches yesterday. Yes, Robinson got five outs yesterday. But he didn't pitch Friday. They were off Thursday. He didn't pitch Friday. He only threw 13 pitches yesterday. And Buck indicted himself by getting him up in the ninth inning. If he was up in the ninth inning, why wasn't he up in the eighth inning when he could save the game? But one thing before you slaughter Buck for what he did with the bullpen yesterday, they're out of that inning. They're out of the inning with a double play ball. And they don't execute the, the play, as you know. They throw the ball away. So you couple the walks with the hit batters, only one hit, and you go from a 6-3 lead to a 7-6 deficit that ends uh, with another, another punch to the solar plexus kind of loss. Horrific loss. And this one, if you wanted to make the case, now, I was in the car as the game ended because I had played golf yesterday, so I was in the car listening to Howie when the game ended. This was as bad, and they've had a ton of them. They've had a ton of them when they've hit. They've scored over six runs. They've been in back-and-forth games, and they've lost almost all of them. But they've had, during this awful run, so many games where they just gave a game away. They gave a game away yesterday where they didn't get hit hard. They just, get, they just gift-wrapped the game. They gave up four runs. In the eighth inning, on a day where they were trying to do it with mirrors out of the bullpen, out of a bad bullpen, but you could have brought Robinson into that eighth inning. He was warming in the ninth. So that was a little bit of an indictment of what Buck's thinking there. And listen, this has been a very tough time on Buck, and I'll give you my thought process. I think it makes no sense to get rid of Buck at this juncture halfway through this season. And right now the Mets have played, I believe, top of my head, 77 games. Um, so they're almost to the midway point. You're not going to gain anything by getting rid of Buck Schultz in this season. And my theory about this is 
Buck had a magical year last year. Everybody loved him, and then it came apart the last two weekends. The last weekend of the season, first weekend of the playoffs, because of the fact that DeGrom and Scherzer didn't do their job. If they had done their job, Buck would have been a hero. He won a ton of games. He had one of the great Mets seasons of all time. He was the toast of the town. And then halfway through the season, you're getting rid of him and telling everybody that the game's passed him by. Well, it's foolish. It's a foolish take. The game is not passed Buck by. If you listen to Buck talk, the game is not passed. And I've known Buck 40 years. But the game is not passed Buck by. Age has nothing to do with this. How old is Dusty Baker? How old is Bochy? How old is Frank Kona? Frank Kona is not well. And I love him, but he's not, you know, he's got issues physically. So he's even older than his age. That's nothing to do with this. The fact is they don't have a good team and they put a ton of money in two pitches who were older and not worth what they gave them. And people who are telling you, and I heard people with this take last week about, hey, there are teams out there, Baltimore, Cincinnati, where a couple of teams mentioned I was giggling when I was hearing it. Do you think Baltimore is going to trade for a pitcher whose salary is guaranteed for three years that's twice the size of their payroll? What, are you serious? Shares' contract's $120 million for three years guaranteed. Baltimore's payroll $60 million. They're not trading for a guy making twice their payroll when he can't even pitch at the same level anymore. They couldn't pay for him if he was pitching like Pedro Martinez in his prime. Same thing for Verlander. Verlander is not one year. He's $86 million over two years guaranteed. And you think those players aren't going to take player options? They're not getting their money anywhere else. Shares are sitting on $40 million a year. Verlander's sitting on $43 million a year. Guaranteed. They're going nowhere. They're both on the team next year. You want to tell me somebody wants to take Robinson in a pennant race if the Mets are out of it? Fine. You're not going to get anything for him. You want to deal him for, you know, what you hope is an uh, arm that comes through in the future? Go ahead. That's fine. That's about what you're talking about with the Mets. I mean, really. The Mets have guys that you aren't trading, like Alonzo. And you have guys who nobody would take at their contract, like Lindor. And listen, Lindor can play. We all know that. He's got 15 home runs in a bad year. He's going to get 100 RBIs and 25 home runs minimum this year, playing shortstop every day. So it's not like he doesn't have, you know, some ability. But he's not worth what they paid him. But Robinson, so what? You're not going to get anything for him. And you want to think there's somebody on this roster that, that somebody's going to take? Well, the Mets aren't going to get rid of McNeil when, when he's doing badly. Because he'll turn around and win a bank title next year. He's in a slump. He had a bad first half. He'll probably have a good second half. Tommy Pham could help somebody. Guy's a good dead red hitter. He can hit. He could help somebody in a pinch. And he's cheap. So what? You're not getting anything for him. 
So they got a couple of guys you could deal away who are going to give you nothing. So they aren't sellers. First of all, teams are sellers because of the fact that they need to clear money. Mets don't need to clear money. They can put money on top of money, on top of money, on top of money. They just need people to perform. They have the worst bullpen you've ever seen. It has no durability. It has Robinson on the back end who's done a good job. No durability. Adovino can be good the first day. He's terrible if you're pitching back-to-back days. And the rest of the bullpen's awful. And they've got nothing out of their starting pitching. As I told you 10 days ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, hey, if Verlander and Scherzer don't go on tears, this team has no chance. And to me, they're getting to the point now. They are at the brink. And I'm telling you, if they go to 12 games under water on the wild card, right now, forget the division. They're 15 games behind the Braves in the division. 15 games. That is sayonara. That's over. Okay? That is long over. But if they get at any point right now, this week, in the next four days, where there's still half a season to play, if they get 12 games behind in the wild card, they're not catching up. They're eight right now. It can't go to 10. It can't go to double digits. If it goes to double digits, they will not have even a remote chance. Right now, they have a remote chance where they could sneak in. And that's why that third wild card is there, to keep teams alive and breathing and hoping. That's what, that's what it's for. That's why they put it there. So that that would happen. So that it would keep people you know, thinking and dreaming about wild cards. And you had a strange year in the National League, okay? Nobody, nobody expected Arizona to be playing 15 games over 500. Nobody expected Cincinnati to ever see the north side of 500. But the question is this. Cincinnati comes off a torrid month and a long winning streak. What happens now? That winning streak with a couple of the losses back-to-back thrown in has left them just four games over 500. They'll probably still finish on the south side of 500. San Diego hasn't gotten it started. They've been as big a disappointment as the Mets, considering what they went out and did. Everybody's waited for San Diego to rev its motor. It hasn't. Everyone's waited for the Mets to rev their motor. They haven't. San Diego's four games under 500, five and a half out in a wild card. The Mets are seven games under 500 and seven games out in a wild card. Pittsburgh looked like they were going to have a decent season for a while. Then they fell apart. The Giants have come roaring back. Miami's having a terrific year. I mean, nobody expected these teams. And right now, Miami and San Francisco and Arizona are in the playoff. Right now, today, think about it. Arizona, Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Miami are all in the playoffs. How many of those teams, Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami, San Francisco, 
are there the day the season ends. If two of them are there, that would be a lot. But they've had very, very good first halves. You'd expect Philly to head north from here. You expect San Diego to head north from here. And maybe you still dream of the Mets heading north from here. But they have to get better pitching. They have to field their positions better. And they've got to get some life out of certain guys who have had miserable, miserable seasons to this point. That's what you hope for. That's what you're dreaming about. You're hoping and dreaming that that they can turn around and have a decent second half and maybe, maybe, you know, sneak in the back door into the the, the wild card. Is it likely? No. You know, not with McNeil playing the way he is. Not with Marte, for the most part, playing the way he is. Not with Lindor playing the way he has, although he's warmed up lately. I mean, the only guy, Alonzo's done his job. I understand you might want a higher batting average, but let's be honest. The guy would be leading the major leagues in probably homers and RBIs if he didn't get hurt. As it is, he's one off the homer mark. He's got 24. The leaders are 25. Atani and Olsen are 25. He's got 24. Lindor, for all the things you say about him, the guy has scored 45 runs. The guy has knocked in 52 runs, and he's hit 15 homers. You know what? He's on a pace to have 100 RBIs, 95 runs scored, and 25, 30 homers. You're not going to say that's a bad year for a guy playing shortstop every day. You'd like to see him be more consistent. You'd like to see him be better from the left side of the plate. Yes, But I can expect better second halves out of McNeil, Marte, Lindor. I can expect Alon, uh, you know, Alonzo to turn around and still hit 45 home runs. He's already got 24. But they have got to get some, some semblance of performance out of their pitchers. They have... Three guys who have won more than three games. Three guys. They they don't do anything. They don't do anything well. Their bullpen's atrocious. Their starting pitching is very, very, very inconsistent. Now, they should be able to get enough out of Scherzer, Verlander, and Senga piece the other guys in and hope they can get a run going at some point. They're not going to have a good bullpen this year. There's no way that's going to happen. The residual effect of Diaz has been far more than people think. Yes, Robinson's done well, but you know what? If you had Diaz and Robinson... Add on Avino and Rayleigh, you could kind of piece a bullpen together. That's not what Buck has had. Plus, he's got starters going four innings every night. It's a bad baseball team. 
in a lot of ways. And bad baseball teams manifest themselves when everything doesn't fit. And everything doesn't fit. One thing hurts the next. The starter goes four, so Buck goes, uh-oh. The starter goes four, and I don't have in my mind Adovino, Rayleigh, or Robinson. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I find myself with a lead. Then I find myself actually getting through a couple of innings where I get through and I get a couple of scoreless innings. Now I make it to the eighth with a three-run lead, and I think, hey, I can piece this together. Listen, if you got Robinson up in the ninth, he should have been in the eighth. If you went through the middle of the order in the eighth, it could have got through the ninth. You want to get on Buck for that? You can. If he was up, if he had Robinson up, then he could bring him in the game. And he only threw 13 pitches. I know we got five outs, but he only threw 13 pitches. And that series would have meant a lot to them coming home to play the Brewers. The Mets need to get a nice five, six-game winning streak that will calm everything down. Can they get that? Not unless these guys pitch better. I mean, that's all there is to it. They got to pitch better. They got to play smarter baseball. They got to field better. I mean, they had a chance. They had a chance to get out of the inning yesterday, and they didn't do it. And then it became folly. I mean, let's be honest. The way what went on was folly. Nothing infuriates you more than relief pitchers walking the ballpark unless it's relief pitchers hitting people with the bases loaded. I mean, that loss yesterday, they don't get any worse than that. In a game you desperately need when you can finally win a series, win a series against a division foe, and come home feeling a little bit better about yourself, and then you wind up with probably the worst loss of the year. And I tell you, each day the bags on the Bucks' eyes grow. So he's taking every one of these losses to heart. You can see it in his face. And when Buck gets tossed, you know that it's rare for him to reach a boiling point. It does not happen often. He respects everybody's job. He doesn't go after umpires, and you know that that's rare. Hey, if you're a Mets fan, should you give up hope? Why not? No, it doesn't cost anything to have hope. But realistically, if this thing keeps going the way it's going, there's not going to be anything in the last 60 games to play for. They got to get this down to a workable margin, which means the wild card at three, three and a half or less. They can do that. They're in the mix. As for the Yankees, listen, they are starting to, despite all their offensive woes, they've gotten enough pitching of late to start to give themselves a solid wild card hold. So they are beginning to do that. You will see that become obviously far more entrenched in the weeks to come. The Yankees will start to, they play the A's tomorrow night, in, you know, after a day off today, tomorrow night they play the A's. The Yankees will begin to solidly move in. They're not going to win the division. 
Because I don't think Tampa's going to fold. So I, I, I think the fact that they're up eight in the loss column, nine and a half overall, I don't think the Yankees will win the division, but they don't have to. They can solidly establish themselves, and it looks like it's going to be an East wild card anyway, as you know. Um, I think Houston will kick one of the teams out, and that'll be it. It'll be Houston and the two Eastern teams. That'll be in there. I think Baltimore will be there. Uh, I think uh, if I had a guess, I'd say Baltimore and the Yankees and, and Houston will be in there and Toronto won't. That was what I would think. I think, I think the Orioles are not going to back up. I really don't. I think they've got a good lineup. I think they had a good mixture. And I think the fact there are 18 games over 500, I think they're going to stay playing good ball the rest of the way. I'd be surprised if they fall out of it and they have a good cushion right now. I think the Yankees will solidify their position there. Um, and they got to get, you know, I don't know when Judge is coming back. We know now that there's a ligament issue there. Which ligament, I'm not sure. Uh, the toe is, big toe is much more tricky than people think. And usually something that affects football players. This is not turf toe. This is a toe that's slammed into that fence. And they need Stanton to wake up. They need Rizzo to wake up. But I like what I, I really like what they've gotten out of McKinney, and I like what McKinney brings to the team. He brings a little bit of old-fashioned left-handed power to this team, and that's what you like to see. It's been lacking for so long. Role players, guys who just, you know, the Jim Spencer, Oscar Gamble, Bobby Mercer, and Mercer, I, we know, was a star, but later in his career, he was a guy who could just, you know, target that right field fence. Oscar Gamble could do that, okay? You know, Spencer could do that. There's so many guys in history who were capable of, you know, taking, and plenty of righties have done it too, but not to the level that the lefties could. And when you got a guy like McKinney, McKinney, you know what? He's been, he's been good, and he's given them a big lift. And that's what they need. Because their offense has been woefully inconsistent. Hey, they've carried some guys, let's be honest. But that was a good win yesterday against a good team. And I think they're going to be fine. Uh, Like I said, they don't have to win the division. I don't think they're a championship team, though. So if you think this is going all the way this year, I don't think so. I think there's better teams. But let's wait till we see what everything looks like when they're getting ready to play the postseason versus where they are now. I do think they will be in the postseason. For the Mets, it's going to be a long shot and an undertaking that they better start real soon because it's eight and going south, and if it keeps going south, there won't be many more days to talk about it. Enjoy your Monday. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.